bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Hello and welcome to episode 124 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host Corinne Nidja. This week on the show, we have Andrew Taylor back on the show. You may not know who I'm talking about, but I don't know how because he's been on the show twice before and you can find the links in the show notes to his episode. So please click on the link and go and listen to the first one and then the second one. The first one, Andrew shares his story of eating nothing but potatoes to overcome food addiction for 365 days. And then the following one, we talk more about overcoming food addiction, which is really, really a really powerful episode as well. And this episode I was so nervous to do because obviously I host a plant-based podcast and I have come a really long way. You know, I've lost over 25 kilos or I think that's almost, I don't know, 50 pounds or something like that. And I have been relapsed and symptom-free from multiple sclerosis now for 11 and a half years. And my fibromyalgia symptoms have all gone. I'm no longer chronically constipated. I no longer live with chronic bouts of recurring candida. I no longer live in a state of depression and mental fog and despair and hopelessness and fear that I was living in uh, for all, you know, for my late teens and all of my 20s. So for me, that was all a win. But along the way, after Theo especially, I, I was down to a nice 64 kilos and I was very happy with that, although I still had some little bit of weight to lose at that stage. For me, in my athletic performance, I know that I I love running and I love exercising these days. And like even that alone is a huge change for me because I never exercised or enjoyed it or anything prior to adopting a whole food plant-based diet. So after children, I was happy at 64, but still wanting to lose some more. But what happened for me personally was you know, I breastfed for seven years with for my two children all together and they were up, you know, awake at night and feeding at night and I kind of gave everything to motherhood and so then would, rather than make myself proper meals, I would graze on, you know, nut butter and apple or you know, I, did another, I did another degree when you know, Iggy was a little baby, a master's degree. And, you know, I would stay up late studying and having peanut butter and banana or peanut butter and apple to study and lots and lots of dates. And I gained back about, well, over the course of that time, it was 10, but now it's yeah, about 10 kilos and I've kind of plateaued there. So initially I'd lost over 30, some, 30, 30 something kilos and now it's down to 125. And But because I was so sick and so overweight, it's been a bit of a mental mind game where I still feel so great and so much better than I did when I was sick with MS and obese and 
in pain and constipated. You know, I feel so good that it has been a bit of a my story, my narrative in my brain has been I don't need to really do anything. I'm already so I've achieved my goal of overcoming multiple sclerosis. I don't need to not get the raw vegan cake at a restaurant if I'm out. No, not that I do that very often, maybe once a week or once a fortnight or once a month, but it's happening enough that I'm kind of plateaued. So I haven't, I, I gained that weight early on with my children and then I lost it again with Theo and then I kind of plateaued back at that same weight. And then I've stayed there for about four years. Um, so it's not like I'm continuing to climb because I run every day and I do eat mostly like probably six days a week, I eat just a really clean, low-fat, whole food, plant-based diet. But there is almost definitely one day a week where I may have a, I might make a batch of cookies for the kids and I'll eat too many peanut butter engine two cookies that I talk about in this episode, or I may have some dates and bliss balls that I think are fine. But for me, what I'm trying to get down and lose the excess weight that I gained, um, just eating my, through my tiredness to survive <laughs> breastfeeding and raising two small children. I'm not optimally where I would like to be. So today Andrew is coaching me. He wrote to me and offered to coach me to, as he's an expert in overcoming food addiction, so he is coaching me. Now I, I coach people too, but but... It's, um, you know, sometimes it's nice to get a fresh, different view on food addiction and on weight loss and those types of things. And Andrew is such, you know, he's such a wonderful friend of mine now over the times that he's been on this podcast and I love him and his family so much. And it was really nice. I felt really safe to have him come on the show and even though I felt really vulnerable sharing it with you guys or you humans because I, you know, I felt like I need to be as the face of this podcast, I need to be perfect and a, in a perfect place of my journey, but that simply isn't a really honest account of where I am. So even though I have come so far and I feel so good, I still have some excess weight that I'm still keeping for whatever reason, I guess because I identify with it still and I've still, as I said, I've, I have this excuse in my mind that I've already achieved so much of my goals. My, you know, my goal was not to be chronically unwell and I've been chronically well now for 11 years. So that was such a reward in itself that I guess I've kind of ridden that high and now I really am looking at going that next step further to to release this excess weight that I know makes it more difficult for me to run as fast or as far as I would like, to play with my kids in the way that I would like and to be the role model to them that I would like to be and not that I'm not a good role model to them because I, 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 I really I really try to be and I do my best and sometimes, of course, I miss that bar and, of course, I'm sometimes a wild mother in so many different other ways, but I really do try. And I, I really hope that you, wherever you are listening or in your own journey as a whole food plant-based person or someone who's thinking about 
eating whole food plant-based, I really think that you'll get a lot out of this episode with Andrew and I today. He is such a wealth of knowledge on this subject and such a grounding presence and he breaks things down very, very simply and leaves you feeling really confident because of the simplicity of his program. And it's not just potatoes, so please don't think that he's just recommended that I eat potatoes for the next two weeks because even though I love potatoes and that would be fine as well. But it's a really, really, really helpful episode of the podcast, I think, for anyone who is a bit stuck and who is having a little bit of a struggle and may need to just tweak a few things. For me, it's just a few things that's keeping me stagnant at this weight. Andrew's tips and tricks and strategies I know will help us all to move that bit further in the direction that is for our highest good of our highest selves. So buckle in. And if you, just before I get into chatting with Andrew, I just want to remind you all that you can find Andrew, you can find Andrew at spudfit.com and everywhere on social media at spudfit. So find him there, follow him, join him, join his spudfit challenge. All the links to finding Andrew will be in the show notes as well. So please head over there and check them all out and join his 30-day or I think it's a month-long SpudFit challenge and get some coaching from Andrew. He He's just he's just the greatest. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. And I hope that you get as much out of listening to Andrew coach me as I got out of Andrew actually coaching me today. So enjoy the show and I'll see you at the end of the show. Bye. Hello, Andrew, and welcome back to the show. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be back again. I always enjoy talking with you. So thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Andrew has been on the show, as I mentioned in the intro, two times before, and now my brain can't remember. I think you were like episode 15. Yeah, I can't remember 14. the episode numbers either. Really early. It was, early, it was relatively early, yeah. Yeah, in the, yeah, under 20. And I will. And then it was like around the 90s after yeah. that, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So I will link the, his episodes in the show notes because they're both, they're different, but really, really great. Like I love chatting with you. You're so, you've gone through it. So I think for anyone listening who's at the start, like Andrew's first episode is so good to hear his journey through food addiction and how he faced that challenge and succeeded. But I mean, it's, we talk about the dark, hard parts as well. For those of you who are like, well, it's hard when people at the end of their journey because it seems like, oh, you know, I went whole food plant-based and now I'm really fit and ripped and feel really great. <laughs> and as a person who's maybe overweight and maybe in the, have chronic disease and are feeling awful, that feels like it's too simple. So in Andrew's first episode, you know, we talk about that it wasn't, it wasn't as simple, easy. There was a lot of hardship before. No, that's right, yeah. A lot of a, a lot of people think, oh, Andrew is just like some amazing guy who can just flick a switch and eat potatoes and everything's cool. Like <laughs> that's not how it is, you know. If I was, if I was some like superhuman willpower kind of just do just say I'm going to do it and then do it kind of guy, then I would have never have got myself in the position that were, that I was in. So, mm. you know, one of the other thousand efforts that I've made to lose weight and get healthy 
would have worked, mm. you know, if I was if I had some sort of extra power yeah. over, um, you know, willpower kind of thing, which most people seem to assume. But, uh, but yeah, I struggled just like everyone does. Well, that's good to hear, I think, for everyone, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> so today, today, Andrew's going to be doing something a little different, but we'll start first by Andrew. Just, talk, just, talk, just share with us what your work looks like now and how you're helping people now and also a bit about your January challenge. Yeah, yeah. So SpudFit now is is like it's what I do with my time, which is a crazy weird thing to to think. You know, it just it was never ever intended to be this, but um, but yeah, I'm grateful that it is, and it sort of it happened organically without really trying. And well, these days I do try, but you know, the it started off as not trying, just something that was happening, and um, and yeah, now I'm sort of on a mission, and it's it's uh. That's what I really want to do. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're doing lots of things. One of the things we do is a SpudFit Challenge, which is uh, a guided month-long, um, yeah, potato-only diet to help reset and, uh, and readjust people's relationships with food uh, and, you know, change the way we think about food and basically stop using food for comfort, enjoyment, emotional support and start really seeing it for what it is and uh and yeah so that happens through our website we've got an online course and and right now we we thought what what better uh time to really do that than the the start of a new decade so yeah i'm I'm doing it myself now which is the first time since 2016 that i've i've done only potatoes a spud fit challenge and uh so yeah i'm on day 20 now of only potatoes I'm, and I'm going to be doing that for all of January and, and guiding a bunch of people through it at the same time and yeah it's all good fun. How are you finding it again second time around? It's weird actually it's um people think I'm just going to breeze through it which is another thing because I, I Andrew did a year so a month is going to be a breeze and what I've always said about that year that I did was really the first two weeks was the hardest bit and then once that was done I was just cruise control after that well not maybe cruise controls putting it a bit lightly but well there were hard patches but yeah on the whole I was in a groove after two weeks and the other point is that I, I, I compare it to like running a marathon I've run a marathon before that doesn't mean the second marathon is going to be easy like <laughs> marathons are just hard and this is hard too and you know if you're a world record holder or if you're a first time marathoner it's going to be hard and it's the same with with this this is hard and it's hard for different reasons um, I think in in some ways this is harder than the first time because the first time it was it felt like a life or death kind of situation where like I have to do this I, I got no other choice I have to make it work I, I'm out of other ideas if this doesn't work then I don't know what's going to happen next and whatever but this time it's like I don't really need it personally like I'm in a good place and things are going well for me and and I'm pretty happy with my relationship with food and all of that and it was sort of more it just felt like time to revisit it so I could well two two reasons one it felt like time to revisit it so I could get re you know in touch with what I did and and what I continue to do because I still do coach a lot of people doing this and it's good to you know get myself feeling like they do so I can relate to them a bit better and then uh and the other thing is it's it's like there's a big group of people that are doing it with me and and I figured, yeah, I, I might as well do it at the same time so that I can, yeah, experience it with them instead of just, you know, I can, we can talk about what we are going through instead of I know what you're going through because I've done it before. 
now I know because I'm doing it right now. Like it's um, yeah, it just it makes it a little bit different. Yeah. Do you think like is there anything different this time, or is it the same hardships this time? Oh, it's definitely easier uh, because before I started last time, I <laughs> I had like I don't know December of the year before I started. Uh, that was like, I just went crazy just eat. I was vegan at the time already, but vegan junk food, central, I was, I just, yeah, it was, I, now I look back at that and call it the storm before the calm, but, uh, yeah, it was nuts. I ate everything in sight and my body was in very bad health. And, um, as a result of all that, the adjustment physically and mentally was huge at the start of that year of only potatoes. It was, um, yeah, I was very uncomfortable in just on a day-to-day basis. I was very uncomfortable physically in my body. But then that huge dietary change just threw everything out of whack and um, and things got worse before they got better. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, of course, the relationship with food. I was heavily reliant on food for emotional regulation and um, – and comfort and enjoyment and all that sort of stuff. It was a major, like it was, it was the only, pretty much the only thing in my life that I enjoyed at that point in time. And then suddenly I took it away. And then okay, now there's now there's nothing in my life that I enjoy. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's very different this time. But in some aspects, it's harder. Like I said, because yeah, I don't feel like I needed as much as I did then. So you know, the motivation is not as high. And some days I look at it and just go, I'm about to eat another potato. And like, yeah, they're great, but why? <laughs> What's the point? This is not like, you know, <laughs> this is, I don't need this like I did. <laughs> so just pushing on despite those thoughts is hard, but I'm glad. It's, it's good to do things that are hard. So I'm glad I'm doing it and, it and it does feel worth it. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And actually you just touched on something that I think, I can really resonate with myself because I, you know, I was 105 kilos, well, over 100 kilos at my heaviest. And then I got down into the kind of, well, down to like 68 kilos, uh, which was in my healthy BMI. And then I had Theo and I ate lots of dates. (laughs) (laughs) I ate lots of dates and peanut butter. And I've gained, I gained, I have gained back seven kilos. Well, yeah, I'm 74 kilos now. But it's because I've been 100, 74 doesn't feel bad enough to, to, you know, to, to take the last, like, not that I eat that many dates, but to take some things away that I enjoy. But I want to get down to, say, you know, like I'd like to get down to 60 kilos. I know I'd feel better. I'd run faster. I'd have better performance. But it is like like you say, now where you are, but I think you're in a different place than me altogether, but it's still similar mindset where I'm like, why should I? Like I'm not 100 kilos. Like I'm yeah. <laughs> in a size 12, size 10 top. Like it's that's what yeah. was my dream when I was obese was to be in that size. So, yeah, so I'm glad to sit with you today because I just do, I do want to get to that headspace where I still don't let myself plateau at 74 because it's not where I know I want to be to do the running and yoga and things that I, I really enjoy doing every single day. I know I would be faster, my knees wouldn't hurt and they don't hurt, 
But I just know it's jarring on them carrying that extra 15 kilos that I don't need to carry around. Yeah, that's that's the big thing for me. Like I'm I'm glad that I, I weigh less than I did and, you know, I'm at a healthy weight and all that. That's really good. But, and, you know, obviously I, I look different to what I did. It's up to the individual to decide whether I look more attractive or not, but I'm happy with do, the way I Andrew, look. You do, Andrew, you do. You do. But, um, yeah, I'm, I am I don't get scared when I walk past a shop window and catch a reflection anymore. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing. But, but yeah, for me, the, my focus has always been on, from a physical point of view anyway, I, I'm more interested in like what can my body do and how do I feel in it rather than what does it look like and what does it weigh. And, you know, I, I really like to mention your running. That's like being able to go for a run is amazing without my knees just destroying themselves you know, under my weight. And you know, I had an ankle reconstruction as a, from an old football injury and, um, and that's fine now, but yeah, I couldn't go running before that would have destroyed my ankle and now it's totally fine. So, you know, things like that are more important to me than what I weigh and what, what clothes size I am. But, uh, but yeah, obviously all that's important because there's so much science and, and data around about being overweight every, every kilo you're overweight increases exponentially your chances of getting all sorts of different chronic diseases and I know you come from a a background of chronic disease so yeah I think it's really important that we we get our bodies functioning at at peak performance you know that's it's a really um we get the most out of life if we're operating at our peak absolutely well me me too I think the same way and I think the same way about sport like I didn't when I was prior to because You do on the road go from thinking about your physical appearance and now I'm much more thinking about what my body can do, as as you said, Uh, and and I'm much more confident and – what's the word? I don't have such a negative self-talk about my body now. Yeah. Um, which I used to have. So I used to just look in the mirror and go, you know, like, gosh. Yeah, I can relate, yeah. And now I don't, but yeah, I do, I do, you know, when you reached out to me about doing a live coaching, well, it's not going to be live, but a recorded coaching call, I thought, oh, well, it's great because then people get to hear your skills because I know you have such a wealth after doing this for such a long time now and going through it yourself and, and it's two birds. I get to hear your (laughs) wisdom. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, who knows? Maybe I can. Maybe I can help, and, or maybe I can't. Yeah. You know, I, I, like I say to everyone who I coach, it's I, I can't guarantee results. I can't guarantee that anything I'm going to say is going to make any difference. I can guarantee that I'll give it my best shot, and mm-hmm. um, and and uh, and yeah. After that, just you know, partly it's up to me, partly it's up to you, and uh, and you know, sometimes people just don't click in certain ways obviously we're mates and you know it's nice but maybe in this this way we don't click and that's okay as well we we'll just yeah yeah just just do our best and see what happens yeah yeah i think i i think it's worth a shot i i think that you know you can't really coach someone and you sit there and force the potatoes into their mouth you know i i'm the one that has to <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i'm the one that has to eat the yeah. potatoes at the end of the yeah. day yeah, and I always, I always say as well that the, the question is not like I've done this with so many people now, and in four years or so, it's uh, you know I've I've heard from thousands of people, and I'm yet to hear from a, a, one single person 
who was able to follow the rules, my rules, 100% and not have amazing results. Not one. There's not been one yet. So the question is not, is this going to work for you? The question is, are you going to work for it? And, um, and that's, that's the same. You can put the same question about a whole food plant-based diet rather than just a potatoes only thing. And not that we're necessarily going to be doing potatoes only with you. It's just, uh, it's more focused on the mindset and, um, and the, you know, the decisions. It's all about decisions. Yes. So, so could I tell you the thing that I struggle with that I think everyone struggles with? Is that okay? Or is yeah, well, that's exactly what I was just about to ask you. So, yeah, let's do it. I struggle. My mind is like a, um, what's the term? It's like a defense lawyer or the other lawyer, whichever one of the lawyers. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, it has every excuse imaginable about why this time in this instance it's okay <laughs> to, <laughs> to, like, I deserve to eat, you know, a piece of, you know, like a nice piece. I don't, I don't really eat vegan junk food. Like I don't eat pack, like processed junk food. But I might go to a cafe and get a raw de- cheesecake piece. And I know it's just so high in fat and I know that I'm not going to lose yeah. weight that day if I eat that. But I'll be like, it's raw and it's healthy and sure, <laughs> I'm with a friend and I'll have a cup of yeah. tea. And, or I'll be at home and I'll say, oh, you know, I'll eat these dates and I'm only going to – I might say at the start of the day, I'm only going to eat raw today, so I'm just going to eat yeah. some dates and it won't make a difference because I'm eating raw all day. But then Ranjit will make dinner and I'll be like, okay, I am going to have <laughs> something cooked, which is he makes such beautiful food. And so the weight just – the weight that I gained when I was in that no sleep deprived, just eating high calorie density food with a baby to mm. get through the day, which was dates and peanut butter and banana and peanut butter and apple and peanut butter. <laughs> I, gained that, <laughs> I gained that weight. And now I'm just kind of stuck there with that excess weight that I don't want because I keep telling myself those types of things. Yeah. That's, it's very common. And first of all, I think you've really got to be easy on yourself and give yourself a pass for that because, you know, being a, a new mum is really, I nearly swore then, but really hard. <laughs> and but I, you know, I know being a, being a dad is, being a dad to a new kid is, is extremely hard, the hardest thing I've ever done. And I know that it's not as hard as being a mum. So, you know, I, you got to, you got to give yourself some slack and just go, yeah, that happened. And, yeah, I ate some stuff I'd rather not, but you know what? My my brain was not set up to deal with that situation. It didn't work properly, and that's just you know I'm, we're not human beings are not very good at making logical, rational decisions under times of huge stress. You know, it's just this brain does not function at its peak, and you, you just can't expect to just be making perfect decisions when you're under such immense stress. It's just not how the human brain works. So give yourself a pass and just accept that, yeah, that's something that happened and, and that's happened because I'm human and and let's move forward from that now and, and try to do things differently. So, mm. yeah, that's that's step one. Okay. <laughs> and uh, step two is to, is to think about now uh, – what what do you want to achieve from this effort of you know what you're trying to change the way you eat a little bit, change the way you relate to food, and and why is that? Why what are you going for here? Well, I I've talked about 
already, but, you know, let's, yeah. let's elaborate. Yeah, I guess two things. I would like, I always want to be my best self and raise the bar for myself because, well, at first I just have high expectations of myself. But now that I'm a mother, I have... I want to have that healthy relationship with food for my kids and I model it in front of them, but I'm still teaching them some of the things that I, I was taught around comforting, you know, celebrating with junk, with, with junk food for certain things, you know, and now that very, it's not very often that they have those things for, with me, but I mean, I just want to be a better role model and I want to, what you talk about with not using food for emotion not using it for your emotions or your comfort or those things or those things really strikes a chord with me and I want that to be my default more than it is now because now it's still like oh it depends like it's like it's so hard because my friends would look at me and say Corinne you eat so well all the time but for me like I know that the weight's not shifting because I'm still eating high calorie vegan food so even though I don't eat donuts like ever really and I don't eat processed biscuits or processed baked goods or anything like that I'm still not losing the weight because I still reach for high calorie food when I'm tired or anxious and or if I'm really really happy and I'm just like fuck you know like (laughs) (laughs) sorry for swearing everyone but (laughs) you know and I just want less of that and I really am coming to a place of feeling like I'm I feel like I'm getting there organically anyway because I just eat so clean that now I just don't want to feel the feeling of the other food. But I would like a bit more of our incentive and support from you yeah. in helping me get okay. there. Yeah. Okay. So so let's say you get there then. You, you're a perfect role model for your kids. Whatever that means to you, is that's up for you to decide. But you are the perfect role model for your kids as far as modelling healthy eating behaviours and you uh, you're not – you're making decisions around food based purely on logic and reason and the emotion and anxiety and, you know, whether you're celebrating or commiserating or any of those sorts of things doesn't come into it. You just choose the right foods and as a result, your, your weight is down to where you want it to be and you're running fast and lifting heavy things and all that stuff's going well and, you know, you're fitting into smaller clothes and whatever it is that means success to you, let's, let's imagine that that's all happening all now. All those things, yeah. How, how does that make you feel? Well, it feels awesome, I have to say. Yeah. Mm, yeah, really good. It just feels it feels really good to feel more confident and comfortable and more Yeah, I think I think that one of the walls is really what you said for me, which is why it feel it feels so good, but it feels difficult because I feel this wall of I was 100 and you know 105 kilos mm. and now this isn't so bad. But then and so yeah. that's what I my brain says when yeah. I say I shouldn't eat that because I want to lose yeah, yeah. a little bit more weight. My brain goes, "This is great, though. Remember that? Like you had MS <laughs> and you were constipated yeah. and you were this and that and in pain, yeah, and now so- you're not, and you feel really great. Why wouldn't you just let yourself feel great at this weight and eat the cake that you want to eat? Yeah, yeah. So you're like at a at a point where sort of near enough is good enough. But it's not good enough. Yeah, but that's what yeah, my brain exactly. tells myself yeah. that near enough is yeah, good yeah, enough. Yeah. 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 So if you if you yeah, that's what I mean. It, it's a it's a sort of a false thing that you're allowing you, that inner lawyer to tell you yeah. that near enough is good enough. Come you're on, such you know. A jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, but if, if you got to that point where everything was the way you want it to be, you know, to, to use the most simplistic mm. word, you'd feel happy, right? Oh, yeah, so happy. Yeah, so that's, so that's, a, that's an important thing to remember because really life is about the pursuit of happiness. That's what we're all looking for. We all just want to feel happy and comfortable all the time. And, and there are certain foods that can give us a false sense of happiness and comfort. But really what, what we want is rather than that, that instant gratification sort of um, momentary sense of uh, happiness and comfort, we want, we want our baseline all day level of happiness and comfort to, to be raised. And, um, and that's where we, really what we're trying to achieve here. So let's talk about what happens then. Let, let's say let's, you, you're going out with a mate for lunch and you're at a, a nice vegan cafe and there's a raw cake there. And, you know, what, what happens? Talk us through it. Well, like it, 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 the thing is, it's not consistent. I'm not consistent where I have to have it because there's lots of times where I just don't even think about having it. So I might, if I've got, if I'm premenstrual, for instance, or something, something I'm emotionally charged for some yeah. reason, that's the time when my inner lawyer. So probably like if I'm out on those days where I feel vulnerable or stressed or whatever, when I'm in there, and especially if the person I'm with is ordering cake. And I have that feeling this experience would be amplified if I was also eating cake. Yeah. If I was also eating cake, you know, she would feel like we were doing this thing together and, like, it isn't a conscious thought, but I know that that's part of it, that if I'm just sitting here drinking peppermint tea, which I do most of the time, that there's something lacking from that experience. And so then I'll make the choice to have the raw cake. Or like some of the staff around here, because I work in cafes a lot, know me and they'll be like, I made this thing. And I'll be like, oh. <laughs> and then I feel like I should eat it because they're like, it's, it's vegan, just like you. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, okay, I'll eat the thing because I feel the fuck is new and we invented it and you're the vegan we think of when we invent vegan recipes for the menu, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so then I'll eat it out of obligation. I, I guess I feel a sense of obligation and also that it's yum and I love cake and why not? I'm not 105 kilos. You know, like yeah. that, that'll be my thinking. Yeah, fair enough. And then how do you feel once it's all done and your cake's not on your plate anymore or it's down the hatch and how are you feeling then? Well, it depends. So sometimes it depends. Like I, I don't because I eat pretty if I'm gonna eat something I'll eat the healthiest thing that's there so often I don't feel terrible uh but I feel terrible the terrible for me is the next morning when I weigh myself and that's when my terrible hits and I'm just like you know if I hadn't have eaten that thing because all I ate for breakfast was oats and then for lunch I had a salad and for dinner I had potatoes and salad it's that fucking cake that kept that weight on me and kept me plateaued. So that's when I get like, oh, why did you eat that cake yesterday? Yeah, so that's, it's not an instant because it doesn't, when I used to eat, you know, donuts and sausage rolls and McDonald's, you know, you'd feel gross. But now I've eaten just a raw vegan cheese. I don't feel immediately gross. It's a delayed sway myself. Oh my God, Corinne. Yeah. And, and what about um, emotionally? Like, does, do you, 
is there a point like in the in the following hour or two where you start thinking oh maybe that was a bad choice does that come up at all or is it not until the next morning yeah no pretty 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 much it's the next morning for me yeah when i yeah. weigh i weigh myself and in the next morning is when i just and like that could and that can start a cycle of oh my gosh i didn't and then i feel so uh about my situation that I then make another poor choice that day. Yeah, like, oh, what's the point? You know, I've let myself down. Yeah. There's no point trying anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, what what would be ideal is if we could find a way to bring that emotion of the next morning forward into the now so that you can you can uh, experience the, the full effect of the of the choice in the moment instead of only thinking about the positives that come with it until mm. after you've done it mm, yes i would like that that seems yeah. like a really smart move yeah well that, that's the way that's the way i that's a, the biggest thing that i try to do there's a few little there's a few things that i a few little tricks that i have uh here and there that that um you know for different situations but one of them is that is taking the time to really um, you know, it probably it's probably something you need to do. Well, there's two there's two little times that you can take to I call it an emotional eating meditation, and it's probably we probably don't have long enough to go through the whole thing. But the basics of it are that you take three minutes, maybe when you park your car outside the cafe before you go in, you take your three minutes to close your eyes and really put yourself in that position of waking up tomorrow morning going to the bathroom, getting on the scales, looking at the number that's gone up slightly and and then really allowing that to sink in and become part of you. And I, I talk about with my clients about creating, putting all of those feelings and emotions as a ball of energy and allowing it to sit in your chest and soak in and become part of you and imagining what, that's, what that feels like. And then fast forwarding to, you know, that afternoon when you're going for your run and you're not you're not as light on your feet you're not dancing along the tracks like you want to and putting that thought and feeling and emotion letting it become part of your soul for a moment and then fast forwarding six months and and you're still you know you probably you eat pretty well most of the time like you said so you, you probably haven't gained weight like most of the people that I work with if they continue on the path they're on they're 10 kilos heavier in six months time yeah, yeah. but you're you're still at the same weight which is not a terrible thing. You, you look great and you're very fit and healthy and everything is good, mm. but we know that there is a next level that you could get to yes. and, and you're not there yet. So mm. feel that frustration in six months' time when you're still in the same place you're mm. at now, that, you know, the frustration, the disappointment where you look back and go, geez, six months has gone. I could be where I want to be by now, but I'm still not. Yes. Like, allow the, uh, all, you know, just take that few minutes in the car and just really contemplate all of that and allow it to sit in your chest and become part of you for a moment so that you know that when, you know, uh, the, when I do this with clients, I get them to imagine sitting at the dining table and take a minute to get yourself in that place. You're at the dining table or you're at the, the table at the cafe and you look down and there's a plate of potatoes and there's a plate of cake. Mm. And we go through... We go through all of the emotional uh, feelings that come during eating the cake, five minutes later, an hour later, at bedtime, 
the following morning and then six months from now. And, uh, you know, because it's, it's easy to go, yeah, the cake is delicious. It's amazing. It's, it, it really, it's a really amazing eating experience. It, it is. There's no point denying that. It's a great thing to eat. But then what happens afterwards? And because we, are, we only think about that, the eating experience, we need to bring all the other experiences because you're denying the overall emotional yeah. eating experience. You're denying that by, by forgetting about the consequences. Yeah. So we go through that and then we look at the plate of potatoes and we go, go through the same process. Eating the potatoes, not much fun, whatever. It's just potatoes. They're good, but they're not cake, let's be honest. And then we fast forward five minutes, an hour, bedtime, following day, six months time of, of consistently making that choice. And, and you see that as far as an emotional eating experience goes, the overall, the entirety of the experience is a far more positive one when you, when you choose the potatoes or the salad or whatever, insert healthy whole plant food here over the cake. You know, it's a, it's a pretty simple decision to make once you've been through that and then you come back to the table and go, yeah, it's cake, no problem, that's easy. I mean, it's potato, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, that's an easy choice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, like I was saying, you, 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 I, I would be doing that in the car before you go in, mm. especially if it's one of those days where you're feeling, you know, a little bit of a heightened sense of emotion or anxiety. Mm. And then it, a, another good option is, when you've had your lunch with your friend and it's time to maybe think about ordering dessert, then, excuse me, I just need to go to the bathroom. And you go there, you don't have to tell anyone. You might, if you're embarrassed about it or whatever, you just don't tell anyone what you're doing. Excuse me, I need to go to the bathroom. Excuse me, I need to go to my car and make a phone call. I'll, I'll be back very soon. And then you go there and you, and you do this little meditation and then you come back to the table and, you, and your mind is primed and ready to make a good choice. So yeah. that's a, a little tactic that I hope might help. That's a really, really good tactic. And I think I definitely will use that because it is, I guess, once you're in the flow and you're out, like you know, you're out and you're chatting and you're with your friends and you're, you know, you've lost that, that golden ball of emotions in your chest that, you know, you've meditated on maybe this morning because you've been just in a deep conversation with your girlfriend or your friend or mm. whatever. You've lost that feeling. I think it really is a great idea to get a refresher in the bathroom or in the car because in that next moment with the when the dessert menu comes out, you're just like, I've forgotten all of the things I thought this morning about my weight and now this is right here in the present moment. And Yeah, yeah. And it's because so you've easy. got that in a lawyer just in your head just saying, hey, this is now's the time. It's okay. You can do this. And that lawyer's a, a, a bloody greasy, just slime ball lawyer who cares about nothing other than getting the verdict that he wants. Doesn't matter who he hurts along the way. He just wants to get, get the verdict and, and that's it. So, you know, that guy can't be trusted. But there is also a voice in your head that is uh, full of logic and reason but it's a quiet voice just sitting in the corner going, hey, I'm over here. Maybe the cake's a bad idea. And the lawyer's going, shut up. <laughs> he is. He is. Um, and, yeah, I, th I think that for probably a lot of people on that have already moved to a whole food plant-based diet, you know, a lot of the recipe books have, you know, like I've got a seven. I love it. I love this book, actually. It's um, the Engine 2 cookbook. But he has these chocolate chip cookies that are so much peanut butter in them. 
And but you're like, this is engine. <laughs> um, what's his name? The big young guy, Rip, Rip Esselstyn, wouldn't yeah. make me fat. <laughs> you know, I can <laughs> eat these. Yeah. And so my lawyer says that to me about those biscuits because I make them for parties because they're simple and they're healthy and they've got hardly any ingredients. And I always make them for parties, and I literally have that voice in my head going, "You can eat those biscuits, Corinne. Rip Esselstyn wouldn't make you fat, and he he wouldn't. Yeah. He could eat one biscuit. You know, he can eat yeah, one yeah, biscuit." Exactly a fortnight and not think about it. But if I'm the person with food addiction issues and there's chocolate chip biscuit, peanut butter chocolate chip biscuits in the house, I'm going to be eating <laughs> far too many chocolate chip cookies for a person who yeah. wants to lose a little bit of excess weight. Yeah, I've actually, in the US, I'm guessing you've got some listeners in the US, yeah. probably lots of them. Yeah. Um, at Whole Foods in the US, you can get Engine 2 packaged products. Mm. And I'm a big fan of all of the Esselstons. They're yes, fantastic. They're lovely. I love uh, them. And they make great stuff. And yeah. like you said, they're, they're probably people that can eat one or two and, you know, yeah, leave it alone. But I, I do have one client that I'm, I've been coaching and a, and a major, she's, I can't remember how much weight she's lost now, but... But a major thing that we changed was that she stopped buying packaged Engine 2 products thinking they were healthy. And, like, they are healthy. I shouldn't say they're not healthy. They, they are healthy, but, you know, they're, they're not optimal, let's say. They're, they're good as, like, a backup plan as, like, you know, if you're, if you're running out and you're not prepared and you've got something to do and you're not sure, you just you can grab you can just grab an Engine 2 burrito out of your freezer and, and you know, it'll it'll get you through. But mm. when it's the thing that you rely on day after day, then, uh, yeah, it may be better to just, yeah, leave that behind. So, <laughs> mm. yeah. Well, that's the, yes. Yeah, so it was interesting just to talk about it then because I think that that is something that my inner lawyer will say, this is an Engine 2 recipe. You know, you can eat as much as you like or this is a yeah. – there's so many recipes, even in like Michael Greger or in the, in the cookbooks that are whole food plant based cookbooks, that still for someone with food addiction are going to make you gain weight. You know, they just yeah. are. Yeah, definitely. And and I could talk about lots of things like that. Like I went to uh, even Dr. McDougall's. I went to his. Uh, I spoke at his uh, advanced study weekend, and I stayed in the hotel there. Uh, he personally, is, I, w- I wouldn't think he's like a food addict type of person. He's a uh, a healthy guy and anyway I went to the they've got a McDougal a specific McDougal menu at that hotel that I stayed at there and I went there and there's a there's a McDougal um, brownie and I was like oh cool McDougal brownie I'm gonna have one of those and I ordered it and I ate it and I was like oh I, w- I would like to have eight more please <laughs> <laughs> and I was like no okay this McDougal not everything McDougal does is is like optimal for me so yeah, you know that yeah, was a, yeah. a little a little shock on my behalf but oh. uh but yeah <laughs> I think it, it is tricky because as a person like for me I love that I don't haven't had an MS relapse for 11 years and so I always think that's the thing I was doing this for at the start you know I was doing this to heal MS and to be healthy and the weight loss you know over you know 25 kilos of weight loss I thought that's awesome yeah it is and so it 
and then, you know, no fibromyalgia, all those things are awesome. And so I've praised myself so much about getting that, achieving that. Yeah. Because that was my initial goal. Well, the weight loss wasn't my goal. It was literally just to, to suspend the MS where it was. Yeah. And I achieved that. And so now, obviously, I feel so much better, but I know I could feel more better. Yeah. And the, the whole, it's, they're whole food, plant-based foods majority of the time, but they're yeah. – just higher calorie ones that I trip up on. All right. So I've got a, the way, way I, I don't, to be clear to everyone listening, I don't, when I'm coaching people, most of the people I coach are not doing potatoes only. And uh, w- what we do is we come up with a, a simple, I, I, I work with, in two, with two plans. So the first thing we do is come up with a, a food plan mm. and then we come up with what, what I call a thought plan. So would you like to now together come up with a food plan and and uh and yes do something about um yeah see if we can uh have a crack at this and see if we can make a dent yeah i'd love to all right so well let's start with uh i should have brought my notepad here i've always got a notepad when i'm coaching but for some reason i didn't bring a notepad here but uh, i'll try to remember everything we say (laughs) so i'll try to remember everything we say anyway so uh so first of all let's let's talk about a typical day then of yours, of what what would you typically have for breakfast? You mentioned oatmeal. Is that a typical breakfast? Yeah. yeah. Does it vary at all? Yeah, kind of. It does. So it will either – my breakfast will either be – if it's hot, there will be three options. So one, if it's yeah. hot, hot, I'll either have like a – I've been really loving green juice for breakfast in summer at the moment. I'm just so, – so I just – I don't have – Fast. I fast typically till ten o'clock, and then I might have a green juice. But most of the time, the first meal will be oats and blueberries and flax seeds and and some soy milk. And this is my this is where I this is one of my problems. I'm going to own up to, and a little bit of peanut butter. Yeah. But I know that that's what I need to get out of my porridge. Okay. But I like it. Yep. All right. So with. The way that I work is I think simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, right? We, we need to keep things as simple as possible, and I'm not talking necessarily from a food point of view. I'm talking from a thought point of view. Things need to be as simple as possible so there's, there's as little pressure as possible, as little thought required as possible, and making it um, very, very simple and easy. So the first thing I would say is putting that uh, strict like fasting thing and waiting until 10 a.m. before you eat. Like I don't have any problem at all with waiting until 10 a.m. before you eat unless it means you have to stay hungry from like 6.30 a.m. all the way through to 10. I'm not hungry at all until 10. Yeah, as long as that's – if you don't want to, like if if there's nothing in you that says eat before 10, no no problem. But uh, I just don't want you to be battling hunger. I'm not doing it almost – I'm not even doing it intentionally. I just tend – I started stopping eating at 7 and starting again at 10 – two years ago and I'm just not at all hungry now in that period, like at all hungry in that period. Yeah, fair enough. Well, if that if that's fine with you, then that's fine with me. I better just explain just for people listening. Um, a lot of people come to me and say yeah, they skip breakfast because they're, you know, they're intermittent fasting and all this, which there's lots of merit to that for, for a lot of people. But for a lot of people, especially the people that I end up coaching, when, when you skip breakfast, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But what it does 
tend to do for a lot of people is contribute to making poor decisions later on in the day because you have that period of being hungry. And I know you said you're not hungry, so that's all good. But yeah, if you have a few hours of being hungry in the morning, then that's a lot of pressure and a lot of willpower um, that gets sapped up and used early in the morning. And, and, you know, then you get to the late afternoon and there's, there's nothing left. There's no there's no, there's nothing left in you that can make you say no to those, the pull of those powerful foods. So that's why I brought that up. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did raise that. But yeah, for me, I don't, I did like a water fast like two years ago and I just felt so like my head was really, really clear. And since then, I just don't, I just really enjoy the clarity of mind and I don't, I don't feel hungry at all. That's that's all good then. So the next thing is that we want to keep this as simple as possible. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a challenge to you here, and that is to choose one breakfast. And so we're, we're, there's no exceptions. If you want to have breakfast, then this is the breakfast that you're gonna have, and this is gonna be for a two week period of time. Okay. All right. So I'd have to say oats, but it's just because it's summer. It's so so. Can I have either? Cold oats if it's hot or hot oats if it's cold. That's exactly what I was going to say, yeah. On a, on a hot day, have cold oats. You can leave them in the fridge overnight and they'll be soaked and ready to eat in the morning. Yeah. And on a cold day, you can warm them up. All right. I can do that, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So we've got meal one, breakfast, oats, porridge, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. with, uh, with blueberries. Did you know that oatmeal in the U.S. is porridge? Yes. They call it oatmeal. We call it porridge. So bizarre. <laughs> I'm learning stuff all the time. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, we've got breakfast sorted and that's yeah. as much as you want. Unlimited, just just eat your porridge until you feel like you don't want to eat porridge anymore. <laughs> all right. All right. So what, what would you typically have? For, do you have morning to, morning snacks or anything like that or you just go through until lunch after that? Yeah, no. I tend, oh, oh, look, some, there's, it's mango season, so I may yep. have a mango. Okay. At the moment, I've been having a mango a day to keep the doctor away. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. Because uh, I just love mango. So, yeah, I might have a mango either bef- – like there's no rhyme nor reason to where I have that mango. It's just happening at some stage during the day. Fair enough. Oh, that's, that's fine. So, all right, what do you normally have for lunch? So, can I have that mango? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that's it. There's no other snacks yeah, available. Okay, You've got one snack, so okay. mango is the snack. Okay, that's totally <laughs> fine. Or blueberries. I'll have mango or a big handful of blueberries if I've been to the farmer's market and it's like Okay, we can compromise. And mango or blueberries. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Lunch. Lunch is tricky because I have breakfast, like a big breakfast at 10 and then I have a mango at 3. Then I have I have dinner at 5.30 so I almost don't have lunch. So most of the time I just because I have the breakfast at 10.30 or 10, 10.30 and it's massive and I'm full yep. and then I'll have a bit, you know, hit of fruit or a banana or a mango or a blueberries and then I'll have yep. dinner with the kids at 5, 5.30. <laughs> Yeah. And it's I'm full cuz I have a big dinner, you know. But for me, it's just if, if if I'm just at a work cafe then I'll that's that's when I might have like a a vegan lunch that has more has might have oil on it or it might have a yeah. a vegan cake. That's when I'll have it because I'll think, "Oh, well, I'm at a cafe using their Wi-Fi for free, so I should yeah. eat something." That's when I yeah. do I might have lunch. Or on those days when I said when I'm emotional or stressed or work stressing me, that's when I'll I'll have a lunch then. So normally yeah. I don't and I don't miss it at all. It's like I'm stunned, like I'm skipping it and feeling 
hangry and desperate. I just yep. don't think about it at all. And I'm in a really good place with food, but there's a certain windows of days where I'll make a poor choice and have higher fat foods. Does that make sense? So let's, let's say that, uh, you know, if you if, if there's an unusual day and you're at home and it's a normal day, but for some reason you feel a little bit more hungry in the middle of the day than normal, you can have some more oatmeal. Yeah. Okay, cool. Porridge. Yeah. I've, I've switched to, I'm talking to Americans all the time and I've, I've just, uh, I've switched to using American words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. and yes, yeah, mangoes and blueberries are good too. So what, what we're trying to do here is just limit decision-making that can happen during the day. We're making decisions ahead of time yeah. and we're going to stick with those decisions because yeah. we know that decisions that happen in the spur of the moment are controlled by that inner lawyer mm. and he's always wrong. Always. You can't be trusted. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're, we're, we're sorting that out. Now, tactic for the cafe, we yeah. talked about that emotional eating thing, but the other tactic is to turn up full. Yes. Never go to a cafe on an empty stomach. Yeah, yeah. So but if, you, if you're going to a cafe to get some work done and use the Wi-Fi, if you, a friend calls up out of the blue and says, hey, you want to meet me at this cafe? Yeah, of course, no worries. But before you go, you're going to, you're going to have a meal, a proper mm. meal. Mm. Yeah. Like not just I'll just I'll just eat a, a handful of blueberries before I go. Mm. That won't cut. Mm. You need a ten full, and then that makes it easier to make good decisions. And then, yeah, it's just gonna it's gonna feel you know a little bit more relaxing. And then if you're at the cafe and they say, hey, we came up with this new cake for you, great, thank you very much. I'm I'm full, but I'll take it home and I'll let you know how it goes. And then you give it to. Are you kids or whatever? And then next time you see him, you go, yeah, it was great. Thanks. <laughs> good idea. Good idea. Okay. So dinner. Yeah, dinner. Tell me about typical dinner. Well, dinner I pretty much I'm always good with because I'm always home with the kids and in my safe, no real bad, like non-compliant food. So it's really easy. And so normally it'll just be spuds, a spud and salad and some nooch on top or hummus. So it's pretty much always that and I'm perfect I enjoy it I love it it's fine it's just that middle of the day little tricky bit and I don't eat after dinner at all ever so oh that's great okay so so we've got a a a simple plan set up and and you can follow that and that's really simple um so you're going to have your porridge for breakfast during the day if you need a snack you can have blueberries or mangoes and uh and and you can have your um, baked potatoes with salad and hummus for dinner. That's all good. These are, these are all great choices. Now, one thing I would like to add in is, like I said, eating before you go to the, uh, to the cafe, I would, I would think it's a really good idea to always have a few baked potatoes or boiled potatoes in your fridge ready to go so that you can just grab them, eat them in the car on the way to the cafe and, uh, you know, they're not going to slow you down at all. You don't have to stop and say, I've got, just got to eat before I go because that's another thing that your lawyer, inner lawyer is going to say, no, we haven't got time to stop and eat. They're ready. And you just you have them in a box in the fridge. So all you have to do is grab the box and go and you can eat them. You know, it's not eating a cold potato is not that much fun, let's be honest. It's not exciting. But it's going to fill you up and it's going to get you to a point where you're at the cafe and you're feeling full and that takes so much pressure off. And it allows you to, um, you, know, oh, you know what, I am feeling hungry. No, that's not there. It's, uh, it's just you're feeling good and you can make a good choice. And then you know, if you're feeling guilty about using the Wi-Fi, you can, um, 
I know it's not ideal, but you can buy a bottle of water instead of buying a, a yeah. cake or something. I tend to just know? buy lots of cups of peppermint tea. Oh, well, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, just have one extra just, just as thanks for the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. Okay, so so when you're coaching, so I like, like I have done several times because I find that when I make overnight oats, just the banana or the blueberries in them is makes them sweet enough for me once it's been soaking overnight. But when I'm cooking on the stove, I find that I feel like I want maple syrup on those situations. But I feel yeah. like maple syrup is a thing that's a gateway drug for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so do I just have to just white knuckle it through the – or do you have a tip for – making porridge feel less sadness when it's cooked on the stove. <laughs> sadness, I like that. <laughs> First of all, I would say this is not about the recipes. Yeah, yeah. This, this is about your reaction to the recipes. Yeah. So, you know, we know that porridge is delicious. Yeah. It just is. It is. And if you're not finding it delicious, then that's your fault. It's not the porridge's fault. <laughs> Okay. I guess when you add enough cinnamon, you don't really need much yeah. maple syrup. So, yeah, I, I, I would stick with the recipe you've got and I would get back to that uh, that emotional eating meditation sort of thing that we talked about and take some time to think about what it is that you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it and then, you know, eat the porridge that you've got, try your best to appreciate it and move on and, and then and then observe over the, the coming two weeks how your reactions to that changes and how you get used to it being free of maple syrup and peanut butter and whatever else you occasionally put in there. You're going to notice that, yeah, after two weeks, if you then put a little bit of maple syrup in, you go, oh, that's a little bit too strong for me now. It's a bit, a bit too much, you know. And, and, you, and then if you put the peanut butter in there, as I used to do, then you you know, porridge with peanut butter is delicious. But then when you haven't had it for a little while, it's like once you finish, it's like it's like it's coating the inside of your mouth. It, it's like it doesn't feel nice, you know, and, um, and you don't notice that until you haven't had it for a while. So that'll be uh, an interesting exercise. And, yeah, in the end, this is – it's good to enjoy your food. It's fine to enjoy your food. There's no problem with that. But it's best if you enjoy the food that is the right food for you and it's going to get you to the, the place where you, where you want to be because, you know, food is never going to taste as good as feeling good about the choices that you're making. And, yeah, it's just it's never going to happen. So let's – getting back to this right to the beginning, this idea of the pursuit of happiness, mm. if, you can, if you can get through to the next two weeks of being 100% on point with every single food decision, even if the scales don't move, you're still going to be feeling good about yourself because you know that every every choice you've made is taking you closer to being the person that you want to be. Well, not you are. And that sounds bad, I guess. I, but, no, I, 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 I got it. <laughs> <you know>, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like I'm saying that you are something less than perfect right now, which is not true. You know, you have goals and you're taking yourself closer to the goals is a better way to say it rather than being the person that you want to be. Uh, and you're going to feel good about it. I like, I like to say that um, self-esteem, and again, you're, you're different to most of my clients. I do deal with some clients in a similar position to you, but most of the people that I'm dealing with are very low self-esteem, 
you know, really struggling, depression, all that sort of stuff. And I, I like to say that self-esteem is the feeling you get when you know that you've done your job properly. Mm. And it's as simple as that. When you, when you can look back on your day and know that you did everything spot on, you're going to feel good about yourself. That tastes a lot better than food ever could. <laughs> I love that actual – I'm writing down your the time you said this so I can – <laughs> take that quote and use it. It's really, really, really um, <laughs> true. And I think that a lot of people listening will, it will strike a chord with them because we know that when we do the right thing or when we do the things that we know is right, you know, not other, not for somebody else that's what yeah. is right for us, that it is better than any anything and that is where happiness comes from, that feeling of and, – and that has been like in my 20s – I didn't really have any kind of inner compass. I, did, well, I didn't feel I didn't feel like I was carrying my compass. <laughs> you know, I may have had that, but I wasn't carrying my inner compass yeah. with me wherever <laughs> I was going. And now, you know, in, in my 30s, I've started to really have that inner compass and, and notice. So even though, you know, I still am carrying excess weight that I don't want to carry um, compared to where I, my goal is, but my inner compass in so many other areas is really, really strong and I carry it with me, you know, as far as my ethics and my values and my values for kindness and compassion and bravery and yeah. fearlessness. I carry them with me all the time. But that is that this is the area that I struggle with because I do have that voice in my head that says, like you've nailed it, like you've 11 years relapsed and symptom-free. Yeah. That's good enough. Near enough, as you say, is good enough. But then my higher self is like near enough isn't my compass on that on that value and that goal. It's, it's not pointing in the direction that I want to be. Yeah. I would, argue, I would say, I would argue that the compass is pointing in the right direction. You're just letting the lawyer read the compass and tell you what it says instead of, <laughs> instead of looking for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm listening to that. Is, is, is a lawyer cross with a used car salesman? I'm sorry if there's used car salesmen that are yeah, really yeah. nice listening. It's funny there. because I've, I've used those two examples extensively myself. And the third one that I, that I use a lot is in a junkie. And I, I, I like to get people to imagine that instead of having the junkie living in your head telling you what to do, imagine if that junkie was your flatmate, how long would they last? You'd be kicking them out real quick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's so yeah. true. It's so true. Oh, thank you so much. Like I've really taken a lot away from that. And I actually – it's funny because, you know, I've made these types of food plans myself before and not stuck to them, but I really enjoyed hearing your your explanation and how you set out your coaching call and how you structure it. And for me, it has helped really scaffold me into really wanting to rather than mindlessly making a meal plan that I don't believe in and I don't have faith in and I'm going to drop it by tomorrow morning. Yeah. Talking through it with you and through the feelings that I want to have and how I want to feel when I reach my goal, how I will feel, how I know I will feel, and then how I feel when I don't meet that mark or don't follow the meal plan that I've created and know that notice that the scales have – as you say, I haven't gained any weight since I gained this weight, and that was like three. Yeah. You know, when Iggy was – yeah, it was like one. Yeah, yeah. 
So I haven't gained any more weight since then, but I just haven't lost. So for me, it's just seeing the needle not move, (laughs) not move. (laughs) But listening to you today, it felt much more like manageable and doable than when I just wake up in the morning after I weigh myself and I go, I'm just eating potatoes today. And it's just a sentence that's almost a throwaway sentence. Yeah, yeah. And I and I throw it away at lunchtime, you know, like <laughs> I've yeah. thrown it away. So this and like with the tools about sitting there and being mindful about and reconnecting with that, with that feeling of, you know, what it will be like to achieve it or what it will be like to tomorrow to be in the same position or worse position. Yeah. I think it's just such a great strategy to do and to you ask you know, to go to the bathroom or to go into your car and take that moment to recalibrate yourself over and over again throughout the day as often as you need because I think that it's something that we, we walk past our kids' plates or your kids offer you some food or you there's so many different situations at the service station or you're late at night at a 7-Eleven and you're tired and have to drop, long drive home and you're like, I'll just get one of these giant cookies from Larry's, you know. like yeah. <laughs> yeah. But having that conversation with yourself is such a, a really great strategy and tool to have in your tool belt when you are struggling with food addiction that's uh, i'm glad to help and yeah we could have yeah i could have talked all day about this and uh you know i know you're limited to the time but can i say one thing about goal setting please absolutely can all right so you mentioned you mentioned goals and we have talked about goals and and what i would like to see for you and for everyone is that we I know you, you ultimately have a goal that you want to get to whatever weight it is that you mentioned in, in the 60s somewhere, and that's great. But in the end, the reason that you are not there currently is because of the choices that you've made. So we, in a sense, what we're talking about is the symptom is the weight and the, the cause is the choice. Mm-hmm. So let's focus on the choice as the goal getting the choice right and let's go, okay, I'm, I'm going to have two weeks where I do not make a single poor choice, where everything, every single choice I make is in alignment with what we've talked about. And then if you get through that two weeks, having only made 100% choices that you can be proud of, then the symptom will take care of itself. Yes. Yes. I like this. So, everyone, just in case you missed it. The symptom is the weight. The goal is the choice. And if you make do two weeks with no poor choices, the symptom will take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. I really, exactly. really like that. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's such a better way of reframing the goals. Yeah. We need to focus on what is in our control. And you have 100% control over the choices you make. 100%. It's all you. The weight, sometimes you eat a, have a perfect eating day and your weight goes up and you don't know why. That was out of your control. Something happened over a two-week two period, those little fluctuations that happen day to day, that'll even out and you'll, you'll get some weight loss in two weeks. But the point is that you're not 100% in control of what you weigh. You can't just will yourself to be lighter, but you can 100% control your choices. So focus on the things that are in your control and allow the rest of the world to just be what it is. Okay, I am I am on a mission now. I'm on a mission <laughs> to awesome. committed to 
new and better choices. Awesome. Well, I'm always here for you and uh, any help you need or any uh, anyone else listening as well, feel free to get in contact with with, uh, with me at spudfit.com. And, uh, Is there anywhere else they can find you, Andrew? Uh, just spudfit on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, yeah, YouTube and Twitter. I don't really use Twitter that much, but I'll reply if you if you uh, contact me and otherwise Andrew at spudfit.com on the email. Yeah. Okay, everyone, you know that he's going to be a great coach for you. So definitely <laughs> go to his website and book in, join the challenge. Is the challenge run run every month? It's just always. You can join anytime. I'm, I'm always open. I'm not going to just, I don't, I don't want to just close it and say you can't join until next month. No, if you want help, I'm here and ready to help you. So you can join anytime. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming back on the show and coaching me to my ultimate best self. <laughs> no worries at all. I Thank will you for having stay me. tuned. I'll, I will give updates on the podcast as I go along. Sounds great. Always oh. love talking to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coaching me today and giving me so many light bulb moments and just making a what feels can feel like a mountain when you want to lose that last bit of weight when you've lost a lot and there's a bit to go but you're in that plateau of look look I feel so satisfied with the amount that I've lost I don't need to lose anymore I don't know if any of you are there but I know that lots of people get to that place where they've lost a big bit of weight like me 25 kilos but they still have this bit of weight that's kind of hanging around because of the choices that you're making and that I'm making and I really hope that you got as much out of this coaching session as I did. And I'm, I'd am i love to hear from you all. Andrew would love to hear from you too over at spudfit.com and spudfit on social media to hear your thoughts on this episode or to hear where you're at in your journey and how what stuck out to you from this episode. You know, what was the moment where you were like, oh, yes. For me, I have to say that that probably just the food plan was something that even though I've made so many food plans, the food plan combined with the coaching session and then with the the goal setting, you know, that symptom, the symptom is the weight. The goal is the choices that really like stuck with me. And I made me really think like that is the goal. The goal is just every day to make that next choice, that next good choice for your body. It's really made me feel motivated and inspired to keep moving forward. And as I've gone on in my life, every day I think about my choices so much where I didn't think about them in my 20s. I just did whatever I wanted without any guiding force. I know that with focus on my food choices, more focus. Now, it can feel like it's a lot when you're starting out. And like for me, I've come such a long way. But now I know that this is kind of one of the, I've got many pieces that look, I'm not saying I'm a perfect person, but as far as my whole food plant-based journey, this is kind of the last piece for me. And I'm really excited to simplify even more and make this food plan that we spoke about in this episode, my go-to for the next two weeks and just see if I can stick to it. And I'll let you know how I go, but I, I'm 
really hoping that it goes good. <laughs> I'm really hoping it goes good. <laughs> but I will also forgive myself and keep re-correcting and readjusting as I go along if I do make any mistakes. But I hope, I hope not. But, yeah, I'm a, definitely not a perfect person, so I uh, just try to be <laughs> and go along and keep my eye on the the goal of making the better choice all the time at every meal and at every opportunity when I'm around high-calorie foods. Uh, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please share it with your family and friends on social media or, you know, just chatting with people wherever you are. If you have a, a win at the gym or wherever you're off to, I would love to hear from you if something stuck out for you in this episode and Andrew and I will make sure to get back to you if you leave a comment in the show notes or on our social media pages. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Andrew. Check out spudfit.com and go and follow SpudFit for your all of your health coaching inspiration and motivation. Love you all. Have a great week. And I will see you next week for a very special guest. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but every guest is very special. But next week's is very, very special. <laughs> I'll keep it a secret. No, I won't. It's Neil Barnard, <laughs> Dr. Neil Barnard. So he'll be talking about his latest book, on hormones and I can't wait to share it with you. See you then. Bye. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier 